morning. Um, I'm Mark. They already introduced me, and um, I'm Jackie and Larry's son, and my wife Merp and my daughter Ariel are here, and then my niece Bryn. They've been inseparable ever since we've been in Michigan. Um, for those of you that don't know, we live, um, if you started in Michigan and headed west and went past Mercury and in between Mercury and the sun, that's where we live. Uh, we live in Fort Mojave, Arizona. It's probably one of the hottest spots in the United States next to uh, Death Valley. We run about 126 degrees in the summer. Oh, so when you're all here and it's 70 degrees and you're like, oh, it's so hot, we're like, what? It's fine. <laughs> it's good. So we live in a very uh, hot part of the country, and it's always pleasing to come and visit. Um, it's good to see familiar faces out there. Some of you actually taught me in this church when I was in elementary school. Uh, believe it or not, my mom actually taught a Wednesday night uh, children's class when I was probably like in, what, like the fourth grade or something like that? Our junior high, that's right. And then she moved on to worship and all sorts of things. Uh, so we did uh, grow up in this church for the most part, and it's, it's really neat to be back and to see all sorts of new faces. Um, another thing about me, I teach um, youth at my church. I'm, I'm not a pastor, but I'm like the youth leader. I also do worship and then media and sound. When you tell the Lord that you're willing and open to be used, he will do that, and he will make you do everything that needs to be done. Uh, so that's, that's part of what I do. Uh, but part of being a youth minister is I can't preach for very long because we don't have very long. So there is a chance you might beat the Methodist Church to Kelsey B's this afternoon and get the good seats. So, <laughs> all right, where are we at with this? I have, a, I have a PowerPoint and everything. I preach off of PowerPoints too, so that's just... Something I do. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about weeds. And of course, in Michigan, any, do any of you garden? Some of you guys, so you obviously know what weeds are, right? <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to review weeds a little bit. So we're just going to get right into the crux of a weed. And I'm talking about physical weeds. I'm not getting spiritual or, or metaphorical at this point. So a weed is any plant that is unwanted, out of place, or just has no discernible value uh, that can be, if it has no value, it's considered a weed. So why do we control weeds? Weeds deprive desirable plants of needed water, light, and soil nutrients. This is kind of how you can help identify weeds. If you have a weed control identification chart and you have some expendable soldiers who can help you in your yard, um, these guys can do it. So an important thing of weeds, you have to know what a weed is. Uh, when I visit and I mow my mom's lawn, sometimes I don't know which one's a flower and which one's a weed, and she gets to yell at me afterwards going, are you kidding? You mowed those? Those are my flowers. And then uh, here's just some pictures of weeds. Uh, believe it or not, we do have weeds in Arizona. Our yards are comprised of only rock and dirt, not soil. It's just, it's hard dirt. You can't even hardly dig in it with a shovel if you wanted to. You have to use a pickaxe to break it up, and then you have to dig it from there. So we do get weeds, and oddly enough, the weeds in Arizona grow like crazy. Merp can't get a petunia to stay longer than an hour, but we have weeds that will grow up this high, and they're lush, and they're green, and some of them are like sticky, and some of them have flowers, and it's the oddest thing that these weeds can grow where we haven't had rain, I think, in over 115 days where we live. 
Not one drop of precipitation. Nothing. And these weeds just, they spring up and grow in the weirdest, worst places. So why are weeds an ongoing problem? Uh, Weeds are opportunistic and aggressive. They are genetically designed to germinate, grow, and propagate faster than most desirable plants. Uh, weed seeds are especially adapted to spread. Uh, one, one weed seed that we have in our part of the country is called a goat head. It is a hard seed with like anywhere from three to five spikes on it. Have you ever stepped on a Lego when your kids were growing up? That pain you feel? Imagine that, but if the Legos had spikes on them and they stuck in your skin. Those are the kind of weed seeds that we have in Arizona. Um, They're widely distributed by animals, insects, hay, mulch, and topsoil. Once they find their way to your lawn and garden, they can remain there. While most weeds, uh, weed seeds only exist in the soil a few years, they're a small percentage that can remain dormant for decades, waiting for the uh, right growing conditions to occur. Uh, These goat heads I was talking about, they become a seed, they drop in your soil. If you or your animals don't step on them, they can sit there for three years, and all of a sudden you have a whole new plant growing when you thought you eradicated them. And then uh, most plants uh, only produce several hundred seeds, but weeds are especially prolific. One single weed can produce anywhere from 10,000 to over 100,000 seeds. Uh, With those odds, it's easy to see how weeds can quickly take over your garden or lawn if left untreated. So you all know that pain, right? You've all felt that or at least seen it. You've seen it in the petunias along the roads where the plant petunias and like one day later there's weeds bigger than petunias. So what do we know about weeds at this point? They grow easily and are everywhere. They steal nutrients and they are hard to remove once grown. Have you ever tried to remove a weed versus a flower? I swear you can walk by a flower and the wind of your pants will like lift it out of the soil and destroy it. But a weed, you got to get down there. They grow really deep, and they're hard to remove. So, still on weeds, how do we get rid of weeds? Uh, We know that weeds are, um, we have to identify the weed. We have to find out what is a weed and what is a flower. You don't want to get rid of your flowers. You want to get rid of the weeds. And then you have to pull them, but you must get the root. If you just break it in half and pull it out, then the root is still there and is going to... uh, regrow later if you don't deal with it at the, at the very bottom. Uh, you can suffocate weeds. You can use homemade um, herbicide. You can scold or burn them. You can salt them. And you can crowd them out. If you don't leave room for them, uh, plan ahead and prevent weeds. If you have more flowers in there, there's not going to be a spot for those weeds to grow. So now I want to move it over to the spiritual part of weeds. Maybe you can see where I'm kind of going with this. But I want to talk about the weeds within us. And when I originally wrote this sermon, I've modified it some, but honestly, I wrote it with this church in mind and some of the struggles that this church has kind of gone through over the last couple years. Uh, My mom and I are close, so we talk every day, almost every single day after work. So we talk about our churches and the the goings-ons and stuff like that. And, And that's when I was talking to my mom about this kind of thing. So this is where this came from. So our first verse is Ecclesiastes 3.1. says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity uh, under the heavens. It's a verse that's usually, it, it's used a lot. I think it's a great verse, but it tells me that sometimes there's a time for weeding in our lives, in our church, in our families. There's a time that we have to go through a, a process of getting rid of the things that, that aren't, aren't 
benefiting. So I want to start with that, saying that there is there's a time and there's a process for this um, weeding. So we'll start in, um, a, in the book of Matthew with the parable of the wheat and the tares. Um, and I'll read through it for you. Uh, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went, and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, uh, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together um, until the harvest, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat uh, into my barn. And there's a whole lot of places you could go with this verse, but the main point I wanted to go with in this is that the tares, the weeds, the bad thing for the wheat came from the enemy. The enemy plants weeds in our lives to distract us, to get us off course from the will of God. So what do weeds look like in your life? Um, normally I have a very interactive uh, lesson because of, you know, we have a uh, youth group of about 25, 30 kids, and we let them raise their hands and talk. So if you see a lot of questions, um, I'll just kind of answer them as I go. Um, so what do weeds look like in your life? We have weeds in our personal life. I can tell you a weed in my life is time. Maybe my mom, too. <laughs> um, something in my life is time. I'm very conscious of time and how long things take. I have straight up missed the movement of the Holy Spirit in worship because I'm all like, it's 1130. If we don't get worship done in the next two minutes, then the pastor's going to go past 12 o'clock. If he goes past 12 o'clock, I can't get to my favorite restaurant on time, and then my whole afternoon is ruined. And that's a weed in my life that God has made me so, or that the enemy has made me so conscious of time that I can't sometimes see the things of God. So we have uh, plenty of weeds in our own lives. Um, another weed that can affect is, is discouragement in your life. Um, there are things, uh, alcoholism or addiction to drugs. There are a lot of things in your life that can suck the nutrients out of God's word that he's trying to put into your life. Um, the next part is weeds in the church. And sometimes this one hurts too, but we have to self-reflect and say, am I being a weed in my own church? Am I preventing growth in my own church? Am I a complainer? Am I a gossiper? Am I doing things that are uplifting for the pastor, for the, for the body of Christ? Am I being something that is holding back? And am I being a weed in somebody else's life too? You can be a weed in your friend's life and not even know it if you're dragging them down, if they have struggles and you're leaning into those struggles instead of trying to get them out. Are you speaking encouragement into somebody else's life or are you speaking pessimism and, and negativity into, into their life? So there's all sorts of ways that we can have weeds in our life, not only personal, but we can be a weed in somebody else's life. So what does that look like? What's another way that the weeds look. Um, and this verse, I love this verse because I feel like this is the time we're in right now. I feel like this is what's actually happening in the world right now. And that's in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Uh, it says, um, but mark this, 
there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and it says have nothing to do with such people. These characteristics are weeds in lives. These characteristics are things that we don't want, but we have to be careful of that because this is just kind of the world that we live in right now, that people claim godliness but don't live godliness, or they claim godliness but they don't rely on the power of God. And when you do that, that's something in your life that is going to, to suffocate those nutrients that you need, that's going to take away from what God has from you. Also with, with sin, these, these weeds in our life, the sin in our lives will separate our relationship with God, much like weeds separate the plant from what it needs. So with the picture up there, our choice results in separation from God. So when we have the weeds in our lives, it's hard for us to bridge the gap over to God because we can't hear God. We can't see what he's telling us. We can't do the things he wants us to do. We can't um, live his will out. So these weeds in our lives will actually separate us from the voice of God. Now, the voice of God is more powerful than anything. He can reach you at any point, but the problem is if you're not listening, you aren't going to hear it. So we need to be careful of these weeds in our lives to make sure they're not blocking uh, what Christ wants to do within us. So now we're going to turn to the book of Isaiah in uh, chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So this is another point of these weeds in our lives, that, that our iniquities, these weeds in our lives can separate us from God. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be separated from God. I need all the help I can get in this life. And if I'm separated from God, from something selfish within me, then I'm going to suffer for that. I won't reap the benefits of God. I won't, I won't be able to hear from him to know the steps I need to take. And so now let's talk about uh, weeds in bloom. When they, they take up in your life, they get root, and they've already started that process. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, it says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to God. And that's talking about sin's deception. Satan deceived Eve in the garden and said, no, you want to eat this apple because then you'll be like God. Then you'll know like God. And, and she fell for it and then sin entered the world. But we need to be careful that we don't try to, try to say a dandelion is in a wheat. Dandelion's a weed, a weed, right? Any, anything with color, I think, is a flower now from living in Arizona. But dandelions, they grow all over the place. They're a weed. You don't want them in your yard. You want them out. You want beautiful flowers growing in your garden. But we need to be careful that we don't try to call a weed a flower in our life. And just some examples is, is lust versus love. You know, a teenager says, but I, I love this person, so I should be able to do what I want with this person. But that's just covering up lust, which is a weed in your life with love. Another one is gossip versus a concern for prayer. And I hear everyone go, ooh. I see that one a lot in churches. I see where people say, where, well, so-and-so, I just want, I want to let you know so that you can pray for them. 
but really it, it's a gossip. So when you have people gossiping in church and they try to say, oh, no, that's, that's like a flower. That's a healthy thing. I'm just asking other people to pray for this other person that didn't ask me to ask other people to pray for him. So they try to disguise it with gossip. So we need to be careful in our lives. We need to look inward to find out, if, are we trying to cover up a weed to make it look like a flower so that we're not trying to justify our own sin. We're not trying to uh, justify our own rebellion against the word of God. And then when weeds get too bad, there's a death of the plant. The weeds steal nutrients. They suffocate the flower. They'll outgrow them. They'll, they'll grow above them and steal the sunlight. Um, so Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Those weeds in your life can cause death. And death is separation from God. But there is always hope in that. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's always salvation. There's always hope to get out of these bad situations. So here's, here's a couple quotes that kind of are going along with what I'm saying. I don't know if any of you are familiar with T.D. Jakes. A couple of you are. And he says, if God has been removing things out of your life, he is purging to make room for something new. Um, I also did a sermon about purging your life of sin and bad things. Of course, we were talking to youth, and we were saying that if, if, you, struggle, um, if, if you struggle with too many video games, then you get rid of your video game system. And we, we talked about how when you're on a diet, you know, I'm going to start a diet today, you don't keep the bad stuff in your fridge, right? Like cake and, and pop. Oh, I can call it pop and not soda. I'm in Michigan. Um, and you, so we had a saying in youth group, and it was, it was purge that fridge. So every time we talked about getting rid of sin in our lives and, and moving forward, we always said purge that fridge. And so sometimes um, you can use it, purge that fridge, and, and tonight I'm using this morning I'm using it as weeding. Um, it says that this process of letting go can be difficult, uh, but don't worry, you will not suffer lack. He will always replace it or become it. He will fill the void. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, which is in Philippians 4.19. So it's saying when God starts this process of weeding in your life, he's not just going to weed stuff and leave you as bare soil. He's going to replace it with something newer, something better. He's going to put something in your life to, to make, it, make you closer to him, or he's just going to put himself right in that void. So when we go through that hard process— um, we have to rejoice and not be, not have sorrow for that. Uh, you guys know physical weeding with flowers is a hard job. It makes your back hurt. You got to get on the ground. You got to pull the weeds up and your hands hurt. Your back hurts. Your knees hurt. Everything hurts. But it's not, it's not an enjoyable process. But the fruit that it brings is a beautiful garden, beautiful flowers or herbs or whatever it is you're growing. It's the same thing in our spiritual walk with God that weeding is a hard process. Those weeds don't want to let go. It hurts us to weed. I don't want to get rid of some things in my life, but I have to. Some of those things on a, on a non-spiritual level might make me feel good, and I want to get rid of those things, or I don't want to get rid of those things. So it's hard for me to let them go. So what God says is that he will fill whatever pain, whatever things we thought brought us joy, he will fill those voids, and he will bring so much better things in our lives. Uh, and in Job 121, it says, 
naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Um, I talked to a worship leader once, and they won't do the song that has the bridge of he gives and takes away. What's that song, Mom? Blessed be your name. And they refused to sing the bridge of he gives and takes away. He, they said, the Lord does not take away. And I said, I have to disagree because the Lord does take things out of our lives. He doesn't take joy from us. He doesn't take um, anything positive, positive from us, but he takes stuff if we let him. If we say, you know, Lord, remove the things in my life that you do not want there, God will remove that from you. So in those times, we need to praise God and not be angry at him because he's doing what we ask and he's doing stuff for the better, which is, we haven't done that song in forever. <laughs> so during the times when God takes something away from you, it's easy to feel duped as if God was some kind of, um, kind of pusher giving free samples and then removing them after the cravings have their hooks in your heart. It's easy to feel that way when God starts to weed in your life and remove things. But the Lord's generosity can be misunderstood as cruelty. But I can tell you, the closer you get to God, the more you understand God and you can see what he's doing in your life. So rather than praise God uh, for the time we enjoyed his blessings, we tend to resent his sovereign, um, his sovereign prerogative and confiscate them. We, we look when, when it hurts, and then we go, God, why would you do this to us? But if we simply listen, God says that he is making things new for us. He's doing new things in us. And we should, we should praise him in that along with the blessings. Uh, in that time, that time of weeding, God is preparing a better crop in us. He's, he's, he's preparing more f a fruitful harvest so that we can have fruit in God and be able to show people that, to live for him and be able to know his will in our lives. So now we talk about removing the weeds. Obviously how we remove weeds in our garden, we can't remove those weeds in us the same way. Um, so there are different ways that, that I've talked about in how to remove those weeds in your life. And they take time, they tax, take sacrifice, but it works. Uh, and these are in no particular order. The first one is prayer. If you are not connected with God through prayer, if you don't take the time to listen to him, and I'm not talking like prayer like, you know, dear Lord, hear, heal this person and that person, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm talking about prayer, communication with God, where you speak to God, where you tell him how you're feeling. You're telling him your struggles and your fears, and give yourself time to wait and listen for his response. I think we forget to do that, that sometimes we think talking to God is just kind of a a one-way microphone, and he listens, and then we turn it off, and we go about our business. But God will speak to us, and the more we talk to him, he'll speak to us. He'll tell us how to remove those weeds in our lives. He'll, he'll tell us the direction we need to go, um, which also goes into a deeper intimacy with God, not just what I call a, a C and E Christian. It's a Christmas and Easter Christian, where you see them on Christmas and Easter and that's it. But a, a deeper intimacy, going to services. Whenever the church doors are open and you're able, you're there. You're, you're um, getting into God's word. You're talking to him more, waiting for him uh, to speak back to you, which goes also into reading the Bible. There is no way you can know what God wants for you unless you get into the Bible and read and study the Bible. Um, 
I was just talking to Ariel, who's been reading her Bible every day, and, and she says, um, I've got to hurry up and go read the Bible. I'm getting behind. I'm supposed to read so many chapters a day. And I didn't last night or the day before, so i got to catch up. And I said, well, be careful with that. You don't just read the Bible to read the Bible and get to the end like it's some sort of race. You can slow down, and you need to read to understand. You need to let God speak to you when you read the Bible. Because um, the Bible says that it's, it's the living word, which means that it, it changes for you. That the Bible never changes, and it's always the same. But you can read the same verse four times and take away something different from it each time. It can be applied to a different aspect in your life. So spending time with the Bible in study is a great way to be able to identify and remove those weeds. Um, you have to have a choice to do so also. If you have weeds in your yard, you're like, man, those weeds are ugly. I need to get rid of them. And then you don't. You don't make any plan. You don't make any progress to make that choice to do it. And guess what? Those weeds are going to take over your yard, and they're not going to go away. It's the same thing in our spiritual walk. If we don't make the choice to be better, if we don't make the choice to remove those weeds, if we don't make that first step in admitting to God that we need help, then nothing's going to happen. You can't just sit there and say God is just going to do it all automatically. God wants you to be involved in this process. So you have to make that choice to do so. And then help from leaders, family, and friends. That's another way that we can't go this walk alone. Some of these weeds in our life are really hard to get rid of. Some of them we might not even recognize. So we need to look to our, our pastors and our teachers and, and those we look up to spiritually to begin to help us to understand that they can speak encouragement in our life and help us begin that process of weeding. Um, but again, like I said, there is always hope. When we talk about weeding, it's a lot of like, oh, there's weeds in our lives, and we're failing as Christians, and, and we're doing bad things. And, but there's always hope. And it, uh, we need to turn to Romans eight thirty-five through 39 for this. And it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or per persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that gets me excited because no, no matter the sin rooted in my heart, no matter the actions I've taken, no matter the thoughts in my head, that nothing separates us from God. No weed that is rooted in my soul is so deep that God can't just yank that thing right out. He could do it in an instant if I asked. So we need to hold on to the hope and not get discouraged in, in anything in life, in church, in our, in our family situations, that God is bigger, God is greater, and nothing can separate us from that. And it's a wonderful thing when we let God work in us. Uh, the weeds are pulled, and it reveals who we really are in Christ. Merp reminded me, I forgot my visual aid for this. Uh, when I talk to my youth about this subject, um, oh man, I'm sorry guys, there you go. Um, I had a visual aid and I had a, a, a pot of all weeds and I had weeds with flowers and I had weeds that were ugly and sharp and thorny and ones that were soft and you know if you can just visualize it that as we 
began to pray about things, we started to pull weeds out of this pot. And we said, you know, Lord, um, help us with doubt. And we pulled the weed out. And, you know, Lord, forgive us of that. Help us to trust in you. And then we prayed, Lord, discouragement. You know, Lord, remove discouragement from our lives. And we pulled out a weed. And as we began to pray for all the different weeds that, that the youth expressed during, during the conversation, it revealed a flower in the middle, and it was a rose. And, as, and they begin to realize that as these weeds are pulled out, that, that the group of weeds weren't who they were, that, that the flower inside is who they were in Christ. And that as you get rid of these weeds in your lives, you begin to know who you are and how beautiful you are in Christ once, once you let him clean everything out of your life. So I'm going to ask you guys to, to stand and pray with me this morning. I told you it'd be a little early. I guess, Jackie, could you please come to the piano? <laughs> or mommy. <laughs> and as we, as we begin to pray, I just want you to think of the things in your own life that you want God to start killing, to start removing out of your life. And sometimes it's hard. You have to reflect inside yourself because these are things you might not notice. These are things you might not want to deal with. But I want us to, to pray together and agree in prayer that we can um, have these things removed from our lives with the help of Christ. All right, I'll start. <laughs> All right, dear Lord, we just, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to come and be with you. God, we thank you that you gave us your word. You gave us instructions, God. You gave us a way of living. You gave us a way to know you, that you are God that is with us, that you're not just a God who stands there and watches his creation, that you are involved in us and that you care for us, God, that, that, that you tell us in your word that if we come to you, you will answer us and you will work with us. So first, God, we want to thank you for your awesome power and your love and, and the caring that you have for us. But God, I pray that, that you help us reach inside our own hearts, that we will begin to realize the things in our life that are suffocating you out of our souls, God, and out of our hearts, that, that the things that are taking the place of you, God, whether it, whether it be an addiction, God, or whether it be something simple that just takes time away from you, that you will begin to stir in our hearts a knowledge of what we need to change. Lord, that you will help us identify those things you need to fix in us, God. And Lord, I pray that you will put the right people in our lives too that, that will help us through that process, that can speak encouraging words to us, that can be bold and truthful with us without being fearful of the relationship, God. That they will speak truth in our life, that you give them words to speak to us in that. And Lord, now I pray that you will just reach deep down in us, God, and start to, start to pull these weeds, God, start to till them right out of our hearts, God that there will be no more remnants, that you will get them at the root, that we won't just try to take a, a quick fix to this, God, that we will be able to get these weeds at the root so that we can see a change in our lives, so that we can see immediate results and start to feel your presence again, that these weeds will just be purged out, God, and that you can replace them with better things. And Lord, I pray in this church too, God, that you will begin that same process, that you will weed out the things that this church doesn't need, God. And I'm not talking about weeding out people necessarily, God. I'm not talking about weeding out certain process, God, but you'll weed out wrong attitudes, God. You will you weed out discouragement that that brings, God, and that, that this church will be able to blossom 
and grow fully to, the, to how you want it, God, because I know that you want successful things, you want prosperous things in this church. But Lord, I pray that we each do our own part to not be a weed in our church. And Lord, I pray you also prevent us from being weeds and negativity in relationships, in, in lives, God, in our friends and our family. Lord, that you first work within us so that we can work in others and we can help each other through the process, that we can just speak truth, we can speak your word into all relationships, God, that you will just be with us through that process and let us help others know who you are and the love that you have for them. And again, Lord, I just thank you and I praise your name. I just... I thank you that, that you can do anything, God, even if we think things are bleak, if we think things aren't changing quick enough, God, that it's all on your time, it's in your season. And if we have a willing heart, God, that you will just work in us. Now, if anybody wants special prayer for something in their life, I invite you to come up. If you have something in your life that you want prayer for, that you want God to remove from your life, no matter what it is, I invite you to, to come up front for prayer. prayer if you could come up and, and help pray for anyone who's in need of that. just we praise your name we praise your name for the wonderful things you're doing in our lives god we thank you for that care and understanding you have we thank you that you're not a god of anger against us god but but a god of of love and a god of joy and again i pray that you prepare our hearts and prepare our lives for you god that we can be prepared for your will for everything that you have for us for your words being spoken to our lives Lord, we just thank you for the things you will be doing. We thank you that, that you will be making changes now, God, as we admit things to you. And as we begin to see the things we need purged from our life, God, that you begin to help us remove those and we can be made newer in you, God. Lord, we just, we love you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.